Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. Caris, the St. Louis Women's Chorus, prides itself on its diversity of membership and repertoire. Led by Stuart Chapman Hill, the choir specializes in choral music for and about women and the LGBTQ community. The group's upcoming concerts tonight and tomorrow, titled Cruisin' the Mighty Mississippi, will feature America's iconic river songs that celebrate the thrill of travel, the renewal of being on the water, and the landmark musical cities on the river's winding path. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. You can send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org or tweet us at STL on air. Here in the studio with me to talk about the organization's specialties and its art- is its artistic director, Stuart Chapman Hill, and members Wendy Bell and Emma Young. Stuart, Wendy, Emma, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So let's start with uh, the membership uh, of the organization, because Karis defines itself as uh, uh, being a lesbian course, but it's open to all women. Who's in the choir, and how does that go to your mission? Well, the the choir was founded as a lesbian choir in the in the early '90s, but as you mentioned, all women are are welcome to be a part of it. So we have singers who identify with a variety of of sexual affectional orientations and we have singers who have a variety of of gender identities so it really has has made a transition from being uh, a safe space for lesbian singers which it remains uh, to also being a a space for allies and others to join in making music on behalf of the communities that we in our mission support and how does that membership and mission affect your repertoire we try really hard to represent the people that, that we support. That includes subject matter. So for example, last concert that we did in December was, was a celebration of the Muni. Uh, and some of the songs intentionally were from shows that have not yet been performed at the Muni. Um, shows like, like Fun Home, like The Color Purple, that, that feature uh, queer characters, that, that feature characters who's uh, characters whose stories we want to tell. But we also program music by composers who are women, by composers who are out as members of the LGBTQ community. So that that's part of the repertoire programming process as well. Wendy, how did you get involved in the group? Um, I heard about it from a former colleague who j- we were meeting about something entirely different, and she casually said, oh, I'm going to my music rehearsal tonight, my chorus rehearsal. And I said, what do you do? I'm looking for a musical outlet. Where are you going? And what is it? And that's how, that's how I found out about Karis. And what does it mean to you? Well, for me, it's a time in my week that for two hours, I, the weight of the world falls away. All my busyness, all my uh, stress, and it's just pure joy. And being with, I'm going to get a little teary, (laughs) (laughs) being with um, people that um, when you go there, nobody knows who you are or what you do. You're just singing. Whereas when you meet people out in the world, one of the first questions is, what do you do with yourself? Who are you? And this is just a place to be accepted and to sing and to celebrate music. Emma, how did you get involved in the group? Uh, so I just I'd made a new friend actually, uh, and we had just gone out for a drink, and she was talking about this choir that she had just joined and their the the concert they just had and how how fun it was, and uh, I I was in choirs my whole life growing up and hadn't found a musical community in St. Louis, and so I was really excited. And I'd never been in in a women's choir before; just I'd always been in you know uh, uh, co-ed choirs. 
And so I didn't know what, what that would be like. Um, and I didn't know if I, I'm, I identify as a straight woman. So I said to her, I was like, oh, well, you know, can straight women still join? I don't want to, you know, intrude on in, into a, a community where, you know, I would sort of be distracting from from the message or the, or the community that's being built there. And she said, oh, no, everyone is welcome. Absolutely. Please come. And it's yeah, it's just been a really accepting environment. Um, and I think I've been in some pretty strict choirs before where um, it was all about the music and not about the community. And that's, you know, a very different type of, of outlet, although, you know, really, really um, rewarding in its own way. But Karis is just as much about community as it is about the music. And I think that is what makes it such a uh, wonderful and um, yeah, wonderful musical and, and social environment as well. I don't think we can talk about a choir for much longer without hearing some music. Let's <laughs> let's hear uh, uh, Karis. This is Magic to Do from the musical Pippin uh, from their last concert. Magic to Do from the musical Pippin performed by Karis. Why was the that song uh, programmed? It is a really terrific opener and it's a really signature number from the musical Pippin and the whole first half of, of last concert was all tunes from shows that have been performed at the Muni. So Pippin was among those. But also we spent a lot of time talking about magic in the week leading up to that concert, uh, because uh, to go to Emma's comment about music and community being value, uh, valuable in our space, both are, are instances in which we create our own magic. We, we create our own connections to each other. We create magic on stage. And so the idea of having magic to do, I think, is something that sort of courses through our musical veins. Uh, we want to create magical experiences in our community with each other, but also for our audiences when they come hear us sing. There is a feeling that you get when you're in a musical ensemble that I don't think any, I can't describe it, but I don't think anybody can really understand it unless they've been in one. Um, so uh, Wendy or Emma, how, how does that, how do you process that magic and that idea of what you get as a, a musical community when you perform? sort of like a, a like an amazing ball of hectic and really excited energy especially we're in concert week right now so well, our concert is tonight so we've been prepping all week and it's a lot more rehearsal than usual there's a lot of all these things sort of all these puzzle pieces coming into place so you know we have um, additional instruments for some of the pieces and we have uh, some dance moves for some <laughs> of the pieces and so it's like the whole the whole semester uh, of music, you know, when we're practicing, we sort of just believe in in Stuart's vision that everything's going to kind of come together, and it always does, of course. Sure. But but in that fi that final week is when we get to start seeing it as well, and it's just it's very 
I don't know, catching is the word. We all, I think we just, we feel really excited to, to see all of our hard work really coming together and to, to make a bigger picture. Well, when it comes to community involvement, what are some of the collaborations that Karis partakes in? Sure. We uh, increasingly get invited to go and, and sing uh, with partners in the um, community. We've, we've sung for an annual Transgender Day of Remembrance service. Uh, we just recently sang for an event with uh, the St. Louis um, Women's, uh, League of Women Voters at the St. Louis Women's Club. Um, and so those are opportunities for us to take our music uh, out into the community. We've also had instances in which members of the community were, were partners in the concert productions themselves. A couple concert cycles ago before my arrival was a program called Women Rising and organizations like Planned Parenthood, for example, were actually involved in sharing some of their mission at the concert. And then there were songs that lined up with the missions of those organizations, those partner organizations. And we take that community connection very seriously in our work. And that year we actually sang at the Women's March in 2016. So that was actually the semester that I first joined. So I joined and two weeks later I was in front of, I don't know how many thousands of people were there, but um, that was a pretty cool partnership and opportunity for the for the chorus. Yes, we also sing on the main stage of uh, Pride during during the summer, and we're we're going to be doing a gig at the Wild Bird Sanctuary, mm-hmm. um, and and at um, we do uh, something in at the Muni. Uh, we do a pre-performance um, bit. Yeah, we like to be out there. Yes. Let's hear some more music. Uh, this is Light from the musical Next to Normal. Let's hear a little bit of that. of light from the musical Next to Normal performed by Karis. And uh, let's talk about this piece. Why was it chosen and programmed? Yeah. So in addition to representing the folks who are part of our mission statement, we also want to call attention to various social social justice or other important issues that are, that are part of broader political, social, cultural conversation. And Next to Normal focuses very heavily on on the issue of mental health. And so that was one of the stories that we wanted to uh, be sure to surface. And I I have to tell you, uh, it's amazing to see the kind of joy that that Wendy was describing. As you were playing that clip, I just had these images flashing through my mind of watching the singers who whose faces I can see the whole time, you know, when we're performing and, and I see them looking back at me and I see that joy. I'm going to get emotional now. Um, <laughs> radiating totally from them. Um, and um, 
it's just so special uh, to have that community. And, and also with with regard to issues like like mental health, with, with folks that we need to support, like folks in the LGBTQ community, uh, women, other folks who face oppression, it's, it's, I think, really important that they have this cathartic space as well, a place to just let their voices wide open and, and make a sound in support of each other and uh, of the other folks we intend to support. How how does uh, how does uh, addressing a difficult social issue, um, be it mental health or be it uh, equal rights for sexual orientation, uh, what makes music maybe a more approachable way to try to spread that idea and that message? Well, I'd like to say that I think music touches everyone. I mean, there, it it goes across all kinds of language barriers. Um, I actually was just recently with um, my 96-year-old aunt who is Alzheimer's, totally gone, but I was playing music for her and it brought her forward and it made her present and it was very touching. Yeah, I think it's just a really wonderful conduit for emotion that, that a lot of times in these these political discourses or, or other social movements, sometimes emotion gets sidelined a, a lot or a little bit at mm-hmm. least. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that... that political singing, as it were, <laughs> kind of gives an opportunity to marry those those two things together. Or, or maybe if there's emotion, it's heightened to a level of rhetoric and sure. music makes it more absolutely real, mm-hmm. maybe totally. more yeah. human. Yeah. And embodied, I think. I mean, it, it lives there in your voice, in your person. Now, our understanding is that the, the number of singers and the audiences have been growing in the last couple of years. Why, why do we think that is? I think we're I think we're doing a better job of of getting ourselves out there in the community. So all of these opportunities that we have to go and partner with folks out in the community or or to be a public presence, uh, I I think is part of it. But I I also think I mean you've heard here today about two word of mouth referrals. I I think people <laughs> are people are saying hey I I go and spend my Tuesday nights making this really meaningful music, um, and that. That's the best pitch that one can make is that person-to-person connection, I believe. Speaking of word of mouth, can you tell us a little bit about tonight and tomorrow's concert? Sure. Tonight and tomorrow we're performing a concert called Cruising the Mighty Mississippi. It is in connection with the Missouri History Museum's upcoming exhibit uh, later this fall, uh, which is called Mighty Mississippi. So we're singing songs about water, about traveling on the river, but also from cities along the Mississippi's path, uh, New Orleans, Memphis, St. Louis, Minneapolis. Um, it's, uh, it's full of a variety of styles of music. There are even a few surprises along with the dance moves that, that Emma mentioned. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's everything from, from, uh, from Hank Williams to Prince uh, in this concert. So it's, it's a wide variety of great tunes. How much overlap do you get between river songs and the kind of songs that you want to do to help identify your social uh, agenda and, uh, and sure. the, the promotion of what your goals are? That's a, that's a really terrific question. And so part of, part of the idea in this concert has been to look at whose music we're performing. So maybe not Hank Williams in this inst- instance, but for example, we're, we're performing some pieces by uh, women like Joan Shimko, who is an out lesbian composer, Jocelyn Hagen, another um, successful woman choral composer. So we're trying to engage in representation there as well. Where and what time? It's it's tonight and tomorrow, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Missouri History Museum uh, in the Desley Auditorium. There are still some tickets available, so hurry up and, and get yourself some and come join us, please. Karis, Artistic Director Stuart Chapman Hill, 
and members Wendy Bell and Emma Young have been joining us today. I want to thank all three of you very much for your time. Thanks for being here on St. Louis on the Air. Thank you so much. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.